Alpha, you know what I need. Teenagers with attitude. That's correct, Alpha. Teenagers with Teenagers with Attitude, the show where a bunch of grown adults sit around and talk about teenagers in tightly colored clothing fighting monsters, or uh, in this case, a very strange looking alien that, boy, uh, if you're confused about the difference between Sentai and Power Rangers, this is one of the weirder ones, which we'll talk about when we get to it. I'm Zach, and joining me this week, we've got Mike. It's all men on this week, just it's no girls allowed. We're going to talk about sports and barbecue and monster (laughs) trucks and touching each other's butts like men do. (laughs) The only thing I know, the only sports I've been following lately are the XFL, and that's mostly because of our other guest, Eric. Hey, it's the Chinchilla and the Zoo Crew. (laughs) 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 Perfect. I, I like how even though Eric has been an integral part of this podcast production for longer than not, frankly, at this point, like he still you still called him a guest. <laughs> no, you're a guest too. We're all we're all guests except the host. That's the format of the tele- of the of except the, show. the host who's on it less than the guests. Well, you know, listen. <laughs> there's sometimes I got to do other shit, and it's fine. Anyway. Hi, I've got been roasted already. Uh, Eric, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. How's your XFL team? Uh, you know, I haven't really picked one yet. I want to go with the Battlehawks just because I was born in St. Charles. Uh, but I do have friends out in Seattle, so the Sea Dragons. They're the, the- Seattle Dragons, but they shorten it to the sea dragons well that would be that would make more sense like that's the thing that kills me most about the xfl team names is i i get that like you know quote-unquote real sports uh the names like cardinals and and green bay packers and all that shit those have been around forever it's not like and a lot of times they've changed homes and stuff like that but if you're starting a new league you could pick names that like make sense with the cities that you're starting this, those franchises in are but you telling were... me that you're not looking forward to the matchup of the defenders versus the guardians <laughs> especially when the defenders are the guardians and the offense is the defenders 
Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's, they just picked names out of like, they picked names the same way that like Little League picks names, which is just, they were like, what? Okay. Who wants to be the Battle Hawks? And then they, uh, they raised their hands. Anyway, whatever. We're not here to talk about the XFL. Well, um, I do want to say though, since it's been brought up, the thing with the Battle Hawks that pisses me off the most is the the big push in their marketing campaign is football is back in St. Louis because the Rams moved away a few years ago. Right. So, yeah. It's like... It's, and the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. So they're basically like, this is all you can get. Enjoy it. <laughs> they're just... Yeah. yeah. The, Stan, Stan Crunk moved your team to L.A. because he's a capitalist dipshit. <laughs> yeah, like, that's that's a really cynical... Uh, advertising campaign where it's like you you've been deprived of something that was rightly yours and now you all you get is this good job hey uh, hey guess who's a rebound <laughs> anyway that's enough i didn't i did i knew we'd talk about the xfl a little but not this much um this week i have a couple things i want to talk about uh, well, actually, hold on. So, if Eric's not a guest, do I not get to ask him my fun question? No. That I, no, I'm not allowed? Okay. I mean, if he has something he wants to talk about, nothing's gonna stop him, but, like, no, <laughs> you, you don't get to do that. <sighs> Fine. Eric, is there anything you'd like to talk about since last time you've been on, Ranger-related or otherwise? Eh, nothing's coming to mind. We already got the XFL out of the way. Okay, that's the most important thing, obviously. Uh, I would talk about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, but I'm not allowed to do that yet, because I guess we're going to do an episode about it, because we promised, question mark, or Luke promised, really, more accurately. Um, so we'll talk about that later. But for now, we're going to talk about we, some We're going to record it this week, but it turns out seeing a movie immediately after it comes out, it's kind of a pain in the ass when you're an adult. It's hard to get a bunch of adults to all go to the movie theater the week of a movie's release, especially when you're not going together. It's just like, go sit in the movie theater in the dark and take notes, and then come back and talk to talk about it. Um, but anyway, we will do that. But this week, first, we're going to talk about something that's uh, very important, which is toys, because y'all... They, they've been doing, Hasbro's been doing the Lightning Collection, really nice figures for Power Rangers. They haven't done Reedy yet. Everyone was kind of wondering why. And it turns out the reason is they were waiting to release the Power Rangers Lord Zed and Rita Repulsa 25th anniversary, anniversary wedding two pack. That's right. They have, uh, it's the 25th wedding anniversary of Zed and Rita. And they've put out a special two-pack of figures. It includes a cake and the love potion and a little bouquet of flowers. And the the cake is painted silver because it's the silver anniversary for their wedding. Yes. Yep. It's it's honestly honestly really cute. That really great ad that was a send-up of old. Like, here's the thing. That is pitch perfect what the ad was because it was a parody of old, like, TV commercials for, like, uh, things you would call and buy, you know? Like, like collector's plates and coins and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's exactly totally. in the format of basically people who are the right age to want this thing would distinctly yeah. remember this kind of commercial. Yeah, it, it's really cute. It's it's nice that they're doing a, a wedding collection for that. Like, I, I think that that's a great way to sell it. 
It is a GameStop exclusive, which is a bummer because I'm not going to GameStop, but I'm sure you'll be able <laughs> to buy it. Based on their stocks, neither is anyone else. Oh! <laughs> yeah, oh! But I'm sure you'll be able to pick it up on uh, on eBay or whatever if you really want that. The other thing that was really cool about it is they put out, like, I guess, like, publicity photos for it. And one of them was, like, Zed dipping Rita. And it's just very silly and cute. I really like it. it one of the things I appreciate is that the uh, tweet that they put out with the video... That was the exact 25th anniversary of that episode airing. Oh, nice. And, uh, you know, it's actually kind of nice to be surprised nowadays where you don't have a leak a few months ahead of time telling you what's happening. Yeah, that's true. I- I'm, I've mentioned it before. I'm not super into the, like, uh, Power Rangers, like, community, but I do follow. Uh, a bunch of the Power Rangers twi- uh, Twitters, and I, that was definitely something I saw uh, uh, f- uh, from the community, which was like, we always know everything months in advance. It was nice that this was like a full-on surprise uh, that nobody really knew that it was coming. So it's cool. I, it's it's cute. If it's something that I I genuinely might pick up, and I'm not a huge like figures guy, so um, I don't know. It's a, it's a good idea. I mean, the um, unfortunate thing is that it's a two-pack for $50, which price-wise is fine, but everybody who already went out and got a Lord Zed is paying yes. an extra $25 for... That part does suck, so I would imagine there will be a bunch of Lightning Zeds up on eBay if you just want him, probably, because, uh, yeah, that is that is a bummer, because you can't, I guess... For right now, you can't just buy Rita. You can only get this this together. So, yeah, just that's... give the other Zed a player two alternate paint job. Yeah, just paint it blue, but 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 blue muscles, uh, and that that'll be fine. Blue with a uh, gold uh, gold medal. There you go. Um, but yeah, so that's that. The other thing I br- briefly wanted to talk about is, uh, you know, we've been having uh, this. Uh, Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles comic crossover for a couple months. Um, We've talked about it a little bit. They recently put out a a new preview for the uh, fourth of six issues. And the Ninja Turtles are definitely going to get to morph, y'all. And God, I need to see what that looks like. I can't wait. (laughs) I'm so excited. Um, I mean, listen, this is... Someone on Twitter brought it to my attention and was basically like, I don't think anybody could pitch a thing harder at you specifically, Zach. That is very true. Um, but I don't care. I'm excited. One of the things I have loved uh, about the comic is just I really like seeing new Ranger designs. It's fun. And I think they've done a pretty good job ac- across the board. Uh, and to get to see one that's like... Gotta incorporate the fact that Ninja Turtles aren't humans <laughs> at all. <laughs> like it's gonna have to look different. I'm I'm excited about. I that, actually so. no. Uh, what I want it to be is just fucking take the Doggy Kruger angle, where they morph oh. and then they just they're just people shaped, and then you can <laughs> you can get some real comedy about them freaking out about this. Like where the fuck did my shell go? What the fuck is happening? That's true. Um the the panel itself. Uh, seems to imply the rangers have been kidnapped or something, uh, because the turtles 
are in with I think April are in the uh, command center and they're all holding morphers. Uh, and uh, Michelangelo says, "Do we get to pick our own color?" The other thing I was like is, "God, please let Michelangelo be weirdly the first canon orange ranger." That would be really strange. <laughs> like, just in a footnote somewhere, it's like, uh, first ranger of each color, Michelangelo the Ninja Turtle for some reason. <laughs> Here you go. Um, but it is the Mighty Morphin Powers, it looks like, so I don't know if they'll just get, like, those colors. I don't know. I'm curious to see what happens. This is one of those things that only somebody who's been doing this show for this long is this curious about, but hey, there you go. <laughs> Um, I guess, uh, yeah, that also could make Donatello purple. So I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I mean, they really ought to let April be a yellow ranger. Like, I feel like that's a please, opportunity. Yes. She has not really worn that outfit in a long time, but fuck it. Like, come on. That's what everybody thinks of anyway, is the yellow jumpsuit. So do it. Um, I mean, but- let's face it. What other color is associated with her? Well, red hair, but yeah, I mean, that would not work. I mean, not even really that anymore, because there's been so many radical redesigns of her character. Have one of the more feline-looking suits to the callback in the cartoon where she gets turned into a cat person. Yeah, do it. That'd be cool. We'll see what they do. I'm I'm curious. I, I like, like I said, I always like when they make new, new designs for the comics, so uh, that's something I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Um, that comic's been really enjoyable. Also, uh, uh, also in that same preview, we see that Rita and, uh, Shredder are teaming up, which, boy, whenever supervillains team up, there's obviously always the chance that they'll betray each other, but, like, that's gonna last five minutes. (laughs) That's just, I can't think of... I mean, let's, are... let's be fucking honest. The Shredder is just Lord Zed with skin. Like, Shredder even kind of looks like Lord Zed, sort of. Like, the the helmet it is very similar. Like, yeah, it's, it's not that different, so... Is there um, a panel where a young Sam Rockwell is offering cigarettes to the putties? <laughs> God, I wish. Real missed that- opportunity not having Zed and Krang meet so they can talk about the the uh, the trials and tribulations of having your brain exposed. Yeah, they can yeah. discuss moisturizers. Yeah, and how they keep like dust out of there and stuff like that. Oh God, this is upsetting. All right, uh, let's move on to the episode. Uh, we are going to be talking about, um, uh, episode five of Power Rangers Turbo, Transmission Impossible. Um, and before we... To be clear, I'm doing the uh, Limp Biscuit version of the Mission oh, Impossible God. theme, which is I the for- best version of the theme. Forgot they did that. <laughs> I don't know why you want to hate me. Uh, was that from the second one, the one that everyone pretends didn't happen? <laughs> yes, I'm and not- that was one of the main things I listened to while mowing the lawn back in the day. Honestly, probably pretty good working outside music, so it's fine. I know um, why you want to hate me. I, I didn't have chocolate starfish in the hot dog flavored water, but my brother sure as hell did. Because hate is all the world has ever seen lately. Oh, of course. 
Did you know that there is actually a starfish called the chocolate starfish? I found this out fairly recently, and that upset me. I because I only know it from that context, so I don't like that. I mean, uh, I'm sure the person naming it also knew it from that context. <laughs> they were just being nasty. Uh, anyway, so uh, we before we even get started, um, I was talking to Mike before we started recording. I haven't been doing a great job of keeping track of runtimes of episodes. Um, that said, this episode is 19 minutes long, which, uh, boy. And that's the Netflix runtime, so that includes all the credits and the, yeah. and the outtakes and everything. We, they've really been struggling to fill out episodes lately, I feel like. Um, but, you know, it, it's, Obviously, that that makes a little sense because of how different this is from Car Ranger, um, which also Eric's been watching some Car Ranger, I know, so maybe he he can give us some uh, some Car Ranger Garage stuff this episode. We'll see. Uh, have you gotten up to the episode that matches this, by the way, by any chance? Uh, yeah, it's one of the earlier ones. It's only okay. episode nine. Okay, cool. Uh, because I had to look up what this character is in the Car Ranger version, and it didn't help really to be completely honest with you yeah it's <laughs> extremely sentai yeah so uh we'll He's just got, start like, max 200 written on his shoulders like what yeah. the fuck is going on here i mean you know let's just talk about it real quick so there, there's an alien okay, in this well episode. first first uh we need to let emily say what she has to say Stop at the car ranger garage. Okay, thank you. Oh, great. Perfect. <laughs> Good. Uh, but yeah, uh, this character in this episode is called Visceron. He is an alien who's tied to Demetria. That's a terrible name right off the bat. Visceron is so bad. That's a villain's name. Vis- is it supposed so- to be a reference to the fact that like his organs get exposed later? Like, what the fuck? So, right, so viscera is, like, internal organs, right? That's, like, what that means, I think, pretty sure. Yeah, Um, but I think it's only ever used specifically in the context of, like, being a butcher or a murderer. Okay, and then... Something can be visceral. Sure, that's true, yes. I guess Uh, that's also true. There was also a WWE, or WWF at the time, wrestler named Viscera. Oh, gross. I don't like that. <laughs> Not as friendly as he sounds. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but this is Visceron. He does sort of look like a shitty Tron ripoff, but that would be selling him short because uh, he has Max 200 written on his shoulders and, and uh, like, visor. Um, he's also, I said he's a Tron ripoff. That is accurate, though he's, like, a crazy color scheme. He's orange, yellow, light blue, and dark blue, and silver. It's and black. It's too much. It's it's too much. Um, he also has the word motorist written on his arm, which is very funny to me. Uh, I I looked it up. Like I said in the uh, in the Sentai, he is a uh, like a galaxy wide known car racer. He's a famous race car driver. Um, and we'll talk about what happens to him later in the episode, but yeah, that's why he has all that stuff on him. And this, it doesn't make okay, sense. Okay, so it's supposed to be like the equivalent of like 
when a NASCAR driver has a bunch of like corporate logos, logos all and over. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Um, but in this version, he's just an alien and that stuff is on him for no particular reason. He is also said to be from in- in- Inquiris, which is where Dimitri is from. Well, it's, and, it's where he came from on this trip. I don't know if he's actually from there. Cause, oh, like, okay. He because he like, doesn't talk in questions or anything. Generally in, in Power Rangers, if you're from the same planet as a nut, like all the aliens look literally the, exactly the same if they're the same species. Uh, so I don't know. That's just weird. But maybe he's not from there. Anyway, we start with a picture, uh, with a spaceship. We see a, a spaceship that looks like a car. Uh, and then we cut to Tanya who uh, has gotten a job at a radio station. And if you want to just feel like you're turning into dust and blowing away in the wind, uh, you can watch this episode because the the radio station setup is lit- just just walls and walls of cassette tapes and uh, and a giant like switching board, basically. And I just felt so old immediately. Um, I mean, what made me feel old is is the fucking like incredibly dated slang that Tanya uses here, and like yeah. I'm not even gonna try to quote it, uh, Eric. It's always so weird to ask you to do things when you're physically here, but could you could you put that in? Woo! What's happening, y'all? This is Tanya Sloan coming to you live and playing your favorite jams here on KAGV Angel Grove. Check this one out. Well, she's 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 doing her radio voice. She's like, "Hey, Angel Grove." Time to rock out and that kind of stuff. And it's it's not like full on. She's not doing Zoo Crew stuff, but she is doing, you know, 90s DJ she, talk, yeah, which is weird. She's doing a child friendly impersonation of a radio DJ. Right. Um, so she is uh, also I here's where I wanted to note that uh, Tanya is like, let's listen to this hot jam I got. And then she puts on, like, the most generic rock song imaginable, and that's f- me talking about it being generic for Power Rangers. So I guess Tanya's music musical uh, uh, interests are I would not be shocked boring. to hear this song playing over the loudspeakers in a grocery store. <laughs> like a music, it's, yeah, it's like a Muzak version of a rock song, basically. It's the um, kind of music that you want to dance to. But also ensures that there's enough room for Jesus between you two. (laughs) Perfect. Um, So So speaking of room for Jesus, uh, Catherine walks up and she she comes into the booth is like, gee, Tanya, you're sure doing a great job. You know, you're real good at this DJ stuff. And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. I love I love being a DJ. And then the uh, radio equipment starts Picking up a signal uh, that's that's uh, like a distress call from the the aforementioned Visceron trying to get a hold of Demetria. Right. Which, I mean, like, this is super not how the equipment in a radio station would work, but you I know d- what? I don't think – I don't think – yeah, I don't think this, a radio this is, station this – kind of, <laughs> This is the kind of thing, like – that I would allow a children's show to get away with. Like, I'm not going to shit sure. on Power Rangers for taking this angle. It's like, okay, this is as close to sound logic as they ever get, you know? Radio stations don't typically have equipment to receive broadcasted radio signals because they don't need to. There's no reason for it. Um, but yeah, 
I mean, the, the others, real Choose quick. somebody writing in and telling me I'm full of shit, and they absolutely will do this. I mean, maybe they will. Who, who knows? But uh, this was kind of disappointing for me because I thought that this was the Blue Centurion because uh, I know he's coming. And then I looked it up, and he doesn't show up for another, like, 12 episodes. So, nope, not him. Different robot man from space. Um Oh, also, he's not a robot. We we see his fucking organs. He's not oh, a robot. Oh, okay. Well, that is true. Yes, he's not a robot. Good point. Um, I cannot emphasize enough that I'm not exaggerating when I say that we see like some of the stuff under his skin. It's gross. Uh, but yeah, so the other thing is... Uh, oh, I remember. I wanted to go back real quick. When you said uh, leave room for... Speaking of leaving room for Jesus... I thought you were ta- about to talk about Catherine's sweater because she's gone full on grandma in this episode. Like, I mean, literally, <laughs> those squares that are used to make a quilt are called grandma squares. Yes, she is wearing a knitted sweater that just looks crocheted. like crocheted. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. Crocheted sweater. Yeah, I actually tried to get a friend of the show, Chelsea, to come on and be like, "Hey, we need your we need your uh, knitting expertise," and she just had to say no. That's crocheted. That is that's beyond the field of my knowledge. Good, <laughs> so, good. Thank you, Chelsea. Good to know. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but the yeah, this this thing is like, you know, um, my wife knits, and she, my grandma, recently gave her a bunch of old knitting books, and it is so wild because like. Not to say that what you're going to hand knit is going to be like super high fashion, but it's definitely changed pretty strongly in the past like 20 or 30 years. And I can't even imagine that you would knit this at home now. Like it just, it, it's bad. It looks literally like a quilt that she put armholes and leg holes in. Or sorry. I mean, this is, this is the, the biggest piece of evidence we've gotten in a while. Uh, but certainly not the first piece of evidence we've gotten that all of the wardrobe from the show is gotten from a thrift store around the corner. Yeah, totally. It's also not particularly pink, which is, uh, you know, unfair. Uh, I did also notice that, that Tanya has straight up yellow jeans in this episode. And I always love when, when one of the Rangers is wearing like green jeans for some reason. It's just always really funny to me. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, they've got this transmission from someone who knows Demetria. Uh, we then cut to the who they literally let to, met two episodes ago, which I yeah, want. but they have to just pretend she's been around forever. Yeah, they do the uh, same thing that happens when Rangers switch out, which is just pretend that that person's always been there, and it's no. I'm gonna be deal. honest. I'm I'm really eager to get to like as much as I'm enjoying Turbo now, and while I don't want to sell short like the next set of Rangers we're about to get. I'm really eager to get to a proper clean break in the cast. Like, just straight up, just like, we come to a stop and everybody's new. I mean, you know, I I have not watched Turbo in a very long time, but when Turbo came out, the ratings went way back up when the new cast comes on. So, theoretically, it will, quote-unquote, get good after that happens. So, we'll see. (laughs) Um, We cut down to the submarine. Uh, Porto shows up and uh, says he's uh, intercepted a message uh, from a spacecraft. And uh, Demetria is like, or sorry, not Demetria. Divatox is like, what's up? Um, and uh, uh, Elgar, who's an idiot, 
says that they probably just want to change, uh, ask if we want to change our long distance company, which is a joke that holds up so well now. <laughs> I mean, it's honestly still kind of does. It, I mean, frankly, it's, it's funny. I, I get spam phone. Like, I don't, like, there's a reason nobody answers their phone anymore. <laughs> well, sure, but the idea of like having a long distance provider that's, separate from your, like, normal phone company is so fucking wild at this point that it's just, it's very outdated. But, yeah. Yeah, it's wild enough that that you notice that joke instead of the other joke happening at the same time, which is he's literally electrocuting himself for some reason. (laughs) Honestly, that's just background shit for Elgar. He's just, yeah, he's just hurting himself for no reason. Um... Porto says that uh, the message says, must contact Demetria. And uh, Vivitox is like, ooh, well, I uh, want to kill that guy because I hate anybody who likes Demetria. Um, so they go to uh, lock on to the source of the uh, source of the signal. Um, uh, Rygog goes to get ready the destruction beam that they have, I guess. And then Elgar asks what he, what he can do, and she says, go play with the sharks, because she just wants him dead, which I still don't understand why he isn't dead. He did get shoved into lava, but whatever, it's fine. I mean, I don't, I don't know why, like, I genuinely, A, don't know why he stays loyal to her, or B, why she hasn't just killed him. It's definitely, like... Because when you have Rita and, and like, her crew and even Zed, like, Goldar's bad at his job, but he, like, wants to do a good job, and he is, like, he hates the Rangers, and he can fight. Elgar, like, Elgar and Demetri- or, sorry, Divitox seem to fucking hate each other. Elgar never does anything, and it just doesn't- I mean, maybe, like, I wonder- <laughs> If like uh, Divatox made a promise to uh, uh, to her, s- that's the okay. Actually, here's a good point. She's his nephew. Who's his mom? <laughs> because is oh. in this episode we find out that whoa, Demetria has a sister, a twin sister, and uh, you know later we'll find out that that's uh, that is Divatox. Uh, well, is so Elgar- if, if Divatox is a long-lost twin, she presumably has foster parents. Okay, so maybe he's nephew Wait. by, uh, by like, adoption. Did she grow up with Tommy? Yes, really, <laughs> yep, uh-huh. God. <laughs> on the, on the, with the foster dad. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I guess I just, maybe, I always assumed that Divatox had like promised Elgar's parents that uh, he she would take care of him, but now I'm like, but who is I mean, it, that? It might just be like uh, adoptive siblings, like yeah. uh, not to get like too deep into personal stuff, but my dad was adopted, and sure, uh, my grandparents adopted like three children, so I have I have an aunt and an uncle who I'm not related to by blood in any way, but they're still my aunt and my uncle, you know. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so anyway, uh, whatever the case is, they fucking hate each other, and, uh, she, she says, okay, fine, uh, go take a detonator and destroy the radio station, because apparently the radio station is being used as a homing beacon for the signal, so, like, 
Visceron is using the radio station to, like, bounce the signal off or something. It's not super clear, but basically the idea is if they blow up the radio station, then Demetria can't get the message, I guess. Um, so well, It's the only remaining radio station on Earth. Yeah, right. It's, it is just the one, Angel Grove's radio station, which a... I mean, a, this show really likes accidentally confirming our theory that it's the last city on Earth, you know? I also, I don't know anyone who has, uh, you know, ever worked at a radio station, but I would imagine it's harder to get a job there than, like, literally, I graduated last week, and now I work at a radio station, but well, as it's, the it's only an internship, DJ, and they also. kind of treat it as, like, I don't know, it, it feels like a, like, kind of a, I don't know, like, they, they do call it an internship, so maybe, like, she's just... She's just on the radio at, at like sort of a lower ratings time or like during a weekday sure. or something. I'm not sure. Does Angel Grove have a community college? Yeah, I think they do. I actually think didn't Billy go to the community college once to take like some equipment from them or something? He, he, there I'm was a local university. Yeah, he, he got some space equipment. So yeah, well, I'm there pretty you sure, go. I'm pretty sure I've they been do. on one of. Michigan State's programs way back in the day. Okay, fair enough. So maybe maybe it's a, a college internship. So Actually, anyway. you know, it's it's weird. Now it's it's not bad that none of the Rangers go to college. It's just with the typical flavor of sort of like white bread milk toast preachiness that this show usually leans toward. It's weird that the Rangers didn't go to college. That is true. It's it is sort of. Because we've definitely had, like, gotta study and do good on your tests. There was no, like, boy, I hope I get into a good college, because that's really important. I don't think they ever mentioned it at all. Like, yeah, that is sort of Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Like, if you're not really aiming for college, there's really no reason to do super good in high school beyond just, like, good enough to graduate. It's the thing. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, uh, Kat says... You stay here. You're actively on a radio show. You can't just leave. I will go to the power chamber and figure out what's going on, uh, and I'll let you know if I as soon as I find anything out. And then she teleports out. Uh, I still don't like the new teleport animation. Anyway, we go to the gym and juice bar, where uh, fucking. Uh, Lieutenant Stone is listening to... He's not a lieutenant anymore. Sorry. Ernie Stone is listening to... (laughs) (laughs) Listening to Tanya's radio station. His name name is Jerome, Zach. His name is Jerome. he's Ernie now. He's got the Hawaiian shirt. That's how it works. No, just just because he owns Ernie's bar doesn't mean he's Ernie now. You know what's really fucking weird is in the, in Megaforce, they hang out at a juice bar and it's owned by a guy named Ernie, but it's like not, it's n- I mean, obviously it's not the same guy because unfortunately that actor passed away, but like, it's doesn't look the same. It's not, the guy's not wearing a Hawaiian shirt. It It's like, no, for some reason they just named him Ernie, like for nostalgia, I guess it's really weird. Anyway. I mean, from what I understand, that season's kind of like that. Is like it's full of homages, but they're all kind of half-assed. Yeah, that is true. Uh, So, Bulk and Skull as monkeys uh, are are here, and they're talking about Tanya being on the radio, 
and about how maybe they could use uh, the radio station to get some help somehow. In- so since we're talking about extremely dated things that I can't help but notice is uh, the newspaper is in the living section. And believe it or not, there used to be a time where they would put the TV schedule in the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know if they still do that. I have not seen a physical newspaper no. in a grip. I- I'm shocked you could tell that's what they were looking at. That shit's in the in SD. <laughs> I mean, I I'm used depressed. to kind I like I didn't work at a newspaper, but at the printing facility where they would print off the paper and then it goes through a machine that puts all the different ads into the paper, then bundles it up and ships it out for delivery. So I've looked at a lot of papers. I can I can kind of see it. It's got that table with the times and stuff sorta. I got gotcha. really just learned that Eric is a renaissance man here. Like yeah, he's done about all this crazy shit he's done. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a real Lieutenant Stone. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, why don't you come to dinner at my family mansion? <laughs> yeah, we'll be right over. So uh, here's here's the thing. I know this this has been bugging me this whole time with the chimpanzee subplot, and it's going to bug me for the rest of it. But um, I know Bulk and Skull are stupid. But like their whole, the whole thing that they're they're going through and they're going to keep going through from what you know what I've watched ahead is that they're trying to figure out a way to try and like let people know that they're bulk and skull so they can get help. Right. And like the enti- and I know that this is a show for babies and I know that I'm looking at this as a grown man, but like the whole time I'm just thinking is just write something down. You have opposable thumbs. You're, you're chimpanzees. You have the ability to use tools. Just write it down. It's one of those things where, like, it, it you know they're dumb, but, like, there's so many things they could do that would work, and they never figure it out, and it's it's just a little frustrating. I mean, even if they wrote it down, nobody in this Jim and Juice bar is impressed that these chimpanzees are playing a game of solitaire. Yeah. So it probably wouldn't get through to them anyways. I, like, it does... People are so used to, to chimpanzees just being there in a way that, like, this show is obviously a pretty bad perpetrator of this, but I do sort of remember being a kid in the 90s and being like, I'll pro- I guess I'll- there are just monkeys around. Because <laughs> TV shows definitely used them this way enough that I got the impression that chimpanzees were just a normal part of life. And you might meet one, and they would be quirky and fun, and not, you know, dangerous wild animals. Um, so, also, the other thing I wanted to point out about this that keeps killing me is, like, obviously the show is very low budget, that's fine, sound is is mixed, you know, pretty, pretty like, poorly, not great, slash cheaply. Um, whenever Balkan Skull talk as the monkeys... It is so loud and, like, right into my fucking ears because it's not mixed into the scene. It's, like, another... Because it was just them in a sound booth, so they just recorded the audio and didn't just put it straight in there. So it sounds like it's coming from, like, everywhere instead of just from the monkeys. It's real weird. I don't like it. Uh, anyway, they they say we're gonna go, uh, we're gonna go... Onto this radio station. We cut over to the radio station, uh, and Elgar is there, and he's like, oh boy, I get to blow up radio station. 
uh, and he puts bomb on the uh, on the little tower. Uh, it's, boy, well, it's not a bomb. It's not a bomb. It's a detonator. Right. We'll I don't understand it. that really. Okay, so something we, I was I was gonna I was gonna hold off until we get a line that Tanya says later. Um, because so, so basically she's trying to signal to the Rangers that there's a, a bomb. And so she says like, here's a dedication to the Rangers. I hope you're listening. They're listening. This song is, I need your help. And it's really the bomb and, you know, so on and so forth. And her saying that that way made it really hit home. And I, I, this is maybe something we brought up before, but like, I guess for standards and practices reasons, this show can never say the word bomb to describe a bomb. They always have to say it's like it's a detonator or an explosive device on occasion, or like they'll st- or or like they what was that one they when they destroyed the command center they insisted it was an implosion device yeah they can't that's say true. it's going to explode and it's it's so weird that they just can't say that it's a bomb it, but it know, gets extra weird in in this season because again I ha- I've only watched a little bit ahead. But, like, near as I can tell, Divatox is obsessed with bombs. Yes. She uh, uses bombs more often than she uses monsters. It's kind of what they... She she does a bomb, like, almost every episode for at least, at least like, ten. It's pretty wild. Um, the other thing is that the... Uh, well, well so, so you said it's weird they can't do it. But, like, this er- era in kids' TV had really weird rules. I, th- I think we've talked about it before. But the kids... Um, Spider-Man show on Fox, uh, like the regular cops just had laser guns because they couldn't show guns, and Spider-Man could only kick people. He couldn't punch them. Like they, they just have some weird Michael shit. Michael Morbius, my yeah, Morbius, Morbius, uh, who's a vampire, can't suck blood, so he had these weird little suckers on his hands. Um. Oh so, boy, I, there's a lot of horror stories about what uh, Batman the Animated Series had to deal with because they were trying to go for that like 1930s, you know, noir aesthetic, but couldn't use regular ass guns. So, uh, like the the cops, like they they kind of found a halfway point because all the cops had like shotguns instead of pistols, which kind of isn't better. <laughs> no, but, not really. There's a shitload of Tommy guns in Batman. Yes. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Um. The Gotham typewriter, they call it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, Elgar puts this bomb down and then he disappears. Yeah. Oh, the uh, other thing that this crystallized for me, thinking about uh, all the bombs in this season. So the the fatal flaw of Divatox's constant use of bombs, it, it's always been this way. It always will be this way because that's just how bombs and kids shows work is the fuse is way too long. And that yeah, got me yeah. thinking like if if – you had like an entity that just set like a reasonable amount of time on the bomb. The Rangers would be fucked. And that got my mind turning to like imagining a scenario where like the Rangers had to give a somber press conference because they failed to stop a terrorist cell. <laughs> I just, God. I just want to imagine like Tommy Oliver in his dumb red jumpsuits coming up to a podium and having to give a speech about how like we all need to come together and rebuild. Jeez. But he's got to <laughs> keep it quick because he's got a race that's going to start in a little bit. Yep. 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 <laughs> um, so it's, it's really funny that, um, uh, that, that you mentioned that because like, obviously they do it every episode and this specific episode, it's a whole hour, an hour. What? Like I get that you want 
to have time to get away, but when you can teleport from anywhere to anywhere, how much time do you need? <laughs> like, it doesn't seem like it should be that much. I mean, anyway, you could even you could even still do the kids show thing of giving it a long like fuse without going to an hour. The yeah. TV show is like fifteen minutes long. Yeah, I mean, all they need to say is, uh, "Visceron is going to get here in exactly one hour, so when he gets here, this will blow him up." Yeah, that would work. Yeah, that yeah. would work a lot. Yeah. Um. So at this point, uh, we cut to the command center power chamber. Um, they're trying to get a coordinates from the signal. Uh, Adam is searching for the signal. And uh, God, I just hate Demetria's shtick so much. Uh, she, she says, is it not my home planet, Inquiris? Because she can't just say sentences uh, again because she has to talk in questions. Um, well, they pull what's it weird up. is like she adds extra word. Like she could still say a question, just say, "Is it in chorus?" Right? Yeah. It, she, she didn't need to say, "Is it not?" Yeah. She does some weird double negative shit too, which is frustrating. Um, and I mean, like she's not in my mind. She's not as annoying as Alpha Six is here. She's like, "Yo, yo, yo!" I think I hit pay dirt. Oh, God. Again, Alpha Six is Alpha Six is just so close to racist, but against what I don't know, like. It, it's one of those performances where you're like, this makes me very uncomfortable. I cannot place exactly why. <laughs> so, so Bubs, I, I just called it Bubsy again. Uh, <laughs> I, I kept doing that joke because, like, because that's what it reminds me of. Alpha Six is very Bubsy. Yes. But the more I hear him, I think he's a halfway point between Bubsy and. The the thing from like the sixties cartoon of the Fantastic Four. Oh, the really Brooklyn ass like yeah, yet, like just, yeah. I was going Street. to say between Bubsy and Barbarino from Welcome Back, Cotter. Yes, also that perfect. Um, but yeah, so uh, they get uh, Visceron up on screen, um, and he's like, "I got to, see, I have to see you," and she's like, "Okay, well, what's up?" And he's like, "I have very important information." But I can't tell it to you right now because I have to be in your presence and it could be intercepted. Uh, and he does say there is a pretty good gag where he says, I'm concerned that tr- transmission could be monitored. And then we cut over to Diva Talks uh, with like headphones, like just regular ass headphones on listening to D- the Diva Talks and Elgar sharing. Well, they're not regular. They're like three foot wide headphones. Oh yes, that's true. Because yeah, be- good. Well, it's because she's got one ear and Elgar's got the other, and they're sharing it, which is yeah. a really great visual gag. It's funny. It's a good visual gag. I it's like. like it. If they were sharing these headphones in a malt shop, it would <laughs> look normal. <laughs> yeah, totally. God. Um. So, so here's here's another thing we're going to get into, and this is kind of getting ahead of things a little bit, but we already spoiled it. Like the news is that Demetria has a sister, a long lost twin sister. And the thing, the thing with Visceron is that um, he clearly doesn't understand the difference between important news and urgent news. Yes, he like, didn't need to risk his life to deliver this information. Totally. This is, I would call this important, but it's not like time sensitive information. <laughs> like, like there's not him telling Demetria that she has a sister is not going to stop something horrible from happening, or like, it's just like. This would be nice to know. 
But yeah, he's treating it like I don't know, like oh, I know, I know when a horrible tragedy is going to happen and we have to stop it or something like that. But yeah, it's it it's kind of weird. Yeah, he's not shipping the plans to the Death Star. He's like, hey, I right. have your like find me twenty three results or whatever. Right. The other thing that's weird is uh um that I want to mention, and it's going to be a constant throughout this this show because it's car themed, and. I know that nothing's ever been realistic in Power Rangers. It's fine. But it does bother me that, like, spaceships in this season have steering wheels. Because, I mean, because it doesn't work that way. <laughs> like, you can't, you, you have to be able to go up and down also. You can't. It- I mean, there was a <laughs> while where aircraft had steering wheels. Wait, really? How did, did yeah. they have pedals then to go up and down then? Or- no, it's just. To go up and down, you pull it back and forth, and then oh, to... Oh, okay. All right, yeah, fair enough. Here, here's the thing. The difference between, like, what Eric's talking about and uh, a flight stick is literally just what's on the end of the stick. What the you just take is? a flight stick, yeah, and you put a much. steering wheel on the end of it. Fair enough. Uh, okay, well, I, I'll shut my mouth then. Uh, so, Visceron says, yeah, I'll be there soon. Uh, and Alpha 6 says, oh, sounds like bad news, which, again, it isn't. So I don't know why he's making it sound like this, but it's whatever. not even really good news. It's just kind of news. Yeah, it's just like, oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah, like, huh? Does it I matter if it that. gets intercepted? Yeah, that's a- another good point. Like, what? What would? Because he doesn't even say who the sister is. So, like, if wh- if we're being charitable, like, I guess it could give someone like Diva talks, like, oh, we better start looking for this sister so we can hold her hostage. But, you know, like, setting setting aside that we know that it's her, like, if it wasn't her, like, that could give her an angle. So I could understand not wanting to risk this information getting intercepted. But again, like, it's not urgent. She doesn't need to know now. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, at this point, um, uh, she tells Rygog, I've changed my mind. Don't blow him up. Uh, capture him and bring him here. Uh, and... He's like, but she's like, because I need to know what that information is. Because it's if important, if it's important to Demetria, then it's important to me, and I'm gonna figure it out. Um, Elgar shows up and says the radio station's about to get blown up. Uh, we cut back to Tanya. Uh, we've got 20 minutes back on the clock. Oh no! Uh, and then we immediately cut back to uh, uh, the uh, the. Oh my god, what's it called? It's called a submarine. Come back to the submarine, uh, and they shoot a capture beam at, uh, Visceron's, uh, spaceship, uh, and pull it down out of space. Um, and, and when it comes time for him to describe what's happening, uh, Alpha 6 calls Divatox a dame? Yeah, again, Excuse like... Excuse me? What what era is this guy supposed to be because, from? Because, like, he says Because he yo. also said slick last time. He Right, like, that's the thing, is, like... I He says yo, 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 and I think he's supposed to be cool and hip for the teens and the kiddos, but, like, he... Kind but of, like he's using he's using slang from like the 1990s mixed with slang from the 1930s. That's what I was gonna say. So just, he kind of talks like a New York gangster from the from like the, the Depression era. It's very strange. Um, part this, he's part newsy, I guess. Yeah, he's this guy's gonna have a feud with Al Capone. Like, yeah, 
he needs uh, one of those little Christian Bale newsy caps. Um, but yeah, he says it's that Divatox dame, which is hilarious. Um, so they pull Visceron down out of out of the sky uh, and then bring him in for interrogation. Uh, this is when we get our first look at the uh, the Visceron. Uh, um, oh, actually, I'm sorry, I missed something. First, Tanya has her turbo navigator go off, which t- tells her that a detonator is close by. Then we see Visceron get hauled in, and this is where uh, you get to see Visceron's suit real close, and it's really good. Sorry, I'm sorry, that's important, but the okay. So the, we we've talked before about like with Zordon gone, the Rangers are learning to stand on their own and they're being more proactive. Tanya is carrying a device that alerts her if there is a bomb nearby. Yes. Holy shit! I mean, like. like- they do know by now that that's kind of Diva Tox's thing, I guess. Like the thing is, like that's just so not the Power Rangers style. That's not their way of doing things. Oh, Usually, the command center will will detect shit and then just not tell the Rangers until they absolutely need to know. I mean, this is the fundamental flaw with with uh, Demetria is like she can't just call you and tell you there's a problem. Like it is, it, she's physically incapable of doing so. So you kind of Alpha Six can. Well, that's true. Yes, but like Alpha Six can call you, and she can ask you if there's a problem. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, so they kind of have to be a little more self sufficient. Um, what I was going to say about Visceron is that uh, there's so much detailing on his costume, and until you get a close look at it, it looks <clears throat> like it's kind of nice. But then you realize it's literally just like a solid piece flat piece of plastic painted with a bunch of detail and he kind of it kind of makes him look like a pinata like it's it's a little weird <laughs> um but yeah he gets hauled before he looks like, talks. uh it's and, and this i this might be the inspiration for why they named him visceron he looks kind of like you ever see someone put on one of those like it's one of those skin tight suits that replicates being able to see through their skin Oh yeah, like a um yeah, like a uh fuck. What was that children's character that's like meant to Something show? Slim Good Body? Yeah, Slim Good Body or whatever. Yeah. Um So Except anyway, he's like blue. <laughs> yeah. Uh so anyway, she asks him uh what the um what the message is, and he's like, I'm not gonna tell you, fuck off. Uh and she's like, Okay, oh nerds, well uh so she she tries to like convert him. She's like, "What if uh, you join me, you big strong man?" And he's like, "Nah, fuck off." Um, I do like that she's just constantly throwing her subordinates under the bus. He's like, "Listen, buddy, you could do a lot of good work for me because like everybody I got working for me now is a total bumblefuck moron." The and in the which, background, yes, the Elgar background, is the best. Elgar yes. is opening a window in the side of the submarine, <laughs> throws a bucket of water out, and then like a fish jumps back out at him. The, no, what happens is he he throws water out the window, which makes no fucking sense. And then he looks out the window and then just a bunch of water comes back and hits him in the face. Again. There's a fish in it, is the thing. Oh, is there a fish? Okay, my bad. Yeah. Uh, and he screams. Yeah. 
But like, <laughs> like I, I love fucking Elgar's adventures in shit that you shouldn't be able to do on a submarine. This, this is what I wanted to talk about. Elgar being stupid is funny. The fact that it's, it's every single joke is you can't do this on a submarine and they just keep doing it is hilarious. I love it so fucking much. I lo- what I especially love about this joke is it's not called attention to at all. No, that's it's, the, ba- yeah, they've it's been in doing the background that. While Divatox is giving her big villain speech to the guy she just captured. Yeah. If you weren't looking at the screen, you would totally miss this. Like it's, it's, it's very funny. I really like it. Um, but uh, he's like, no, I don't want to work for you. You suck. You're evil. The message is for Demetria. And then she tries to slap him. And there's a very brief bad scuffle. And she puts it, her foot on his chest. Uh, and they she takes him to the sea caves. Which, question mark, is the... Um, is the, the submarine just, like, docked constantly then? Because I don't think so. They show it moving. Yeah, no, I, I think it's just like it's it's just we got a cave under the ocean because the Sentai next bit's in the smoky cave. So meh. again, the ocean being the pond in the middle of Angel Grove Park, right? Of course, uh, which is basically of- an ocean because you know infinite. Yeah, uh, and that's that's not a joke. We literally saw it go into the pond. Oh, I forgot about that. Okay, fair enough. Amazing. Uh, so it's not a sea cave then; it's a pond cave. But uh, or that's not the pond in the middle of Angel Grove Park. That's the sea in the middle of Angel Grove Park. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, so at this point, uh, Tanya is trying to call them, and she can't get us uh, anybody up on the the communicator. Same thing with Cat trying to call Tanya. Alpha 6 says the frequencies from the radio station must be scrambling our communication signal, which I guess means... Wow, that's really great sci-fi future communication technology you've got, that a radio station is fucking with your shit. That's what I was going to say, is, like, that means that they communicate with RF waves, like, because otherwise it wouldn't be a problem, but... How has no one accidentally tapped into their shit before? Also, radio waves are very slow, which means they wouldn't be able to use their, I mean, whatever, this uh, it's Power Rangers, but you wouldn't be able to use those communicators to, like, talk to somebody in space. It wouldn't work. But anyway, um, they're, yeah, they're, they're going to try to descramble the signal. Uh, we cut to Viseron in the sea caves, and he's all fucked up looking. Because his, like, his visor's broken. Yeah, the front broken. of his helmet's been smashed open. He's got smoke coming off of him. Apparently uh, they've been actually, torturing him. Yeah, and it's, like, really bad. So, so the smoke coming off of his suit, and I think this is why his suit is like this. Apparently, way back in the day, uh, for, for like, toku effects like this, they would get the smoky effect by just fucking pouring acid on the actor's suit. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. Like, I uh, I don't know if that's exactly what's happening here, but, like, uh, I, I heard some stories uh, from, from a friend of ours, Julie, about how, like, with, uh, with like, Common Rider Black, they would get that smoking effect from his transformation by just pouring fucking sulfuric acid on the suit. Jeez. Okay, that's, uh, that seems dangerous, but okay. <laughs> oh, it was. A yeah. lot of shit toku actors do is fucking dangerous. For and sure. And it used to be even more so. Uh, so anyway, we they're like, what should we do with this guy? And Divatox's answer is, make him do menial labor. Okay. 
Um, yeah, we're so, gonna just mind control him to do dishes. Yeah. And so, here's the here's the thing. That seems like it's something completely out of nowhere, but like this is this is them being forced to go with what the Sentai was doing because we see you know this torture scene is in Sentai footage, and then we see uh, fucking Porto. Uh, spray him with literally a super soaker. Yes. Um, but, but color fun. Color fun, yeah. And then he gets, like, just a different head. He gets a different head. Uh, Elgar tosses him like an apron, basically. And then he says, uh, you're going to be a new dishwasher. And first of all, Visceron's voice is now totally different. It's high-pitched. And he says, oh, uh, but I don't see any dishes. Oh, well, I'll just start without them. And then he just starts doing, a, a, like, a dish cleaning hand motion without any dishes. He, yeah, he it's, just pantomimes washing dishes. It's real weird. Um, we cut to him being on the submarine and cleaning dishes. Uh, and this is where I want to take a quick break and uh, read what happened with this character in the Sentai. Uh, because... It doesn't make it make any more sense. Um, Pit stop at the car ranger garage. Essentially, uh, he was a uh, champion space car racer, like I said, but he crash landed on a planet uh, occupied by members of the Bowzok, which are the Bozok, which are the bad guys. he was brainwashed uh, and then made into uh, the best dishwasher of the Balzac. That's it. There's no further information or, like, better context. That's just what they decided to do, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they just found an injured person and they're like, hey, we can make him do stuff for us. Like dishes. And, yeah. Right. And <laughs> so mean- they sprayed him with that that changed his head. And made him forget who he was. I mean, uh, that basically tracks with a with a, a goofy show where the the way the monsters grow is they eat like fucking uh, sweet potato desserts or something. So, like, I'm okay with that. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so the he's cleaning, just cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. Uh, he sings a little song. Uh, and then he says he's finished the dishes and the laundry and the vacuuming and the dusting, and he wants to clean some more. And he's like begging Diva Talks to clean, and she's like, "Shut up!" Um, so he starts polishing some of her treasure. Uh, we cut back to Tanya, uh, and she still can't get anybody on the communicator. Um, so she basically says, "Like, okay, well, I've got to reach them somehow." And what she decides to do is make an announcement over the radio station, which I guess they're listening to in the power chamber, which is, which makes sense. I mean, because, they said they were trying to, yeah, they were trying right, to descramble the symbol. Yeah, and they're the trying, trying to get to her, so it makes sense. Uh, she says, I've got a dedication. It goes out to the Power Rangers, and th- I think this one's really the bomb, and I... Yeah, she says the name of the song is I Need Your Help, and like... The way Tanya delivers it, she really emphasizes it. She says, it's called, I need your help. Like, she's yeah. almost saying it through her teeth. Yeah. Like, like honestly, as a character beat for Tanya, this is really, really, really good. I it's, love it. Here's the thing. It is a good character beat, and I like that she did that and, and had this smart idea. 
Why the fuck the Power Rangers, when they couldn't reach her, didn't just teleport there and go like, hey, what's wrong, is beyond me. I don't understand why they were like, "Uh uh-huh, our our communication's blocked. Well, we're just going to go over there then. (laughs) Yeah. Well, here's, here's my thing. This is such an obvious hint that I have to assume that there's at least some just random citizens in Angel Grove who are like, oh... That DJ very clearly called the Rangers for help because there's a bomb. I mean, I hope they get there. (laughs) I also still like our old theory that everyone in Angel Grove knows who the Power Rangers are and just pretend they don't like. And this kind of goes into that where they're just like, that would make it weird when when a random person becomes a Ranger because like how do they not know? Uh, But anyway, um, they teleport down to the command or sorry to the uh, the station. Uh, they pretty much immediately find the bomb, uh, but, uh, some piranatrons come out to, to fuck them up. Um, and then, uh, we see, uh, a fight, which is fine. It's Adam and Cat versus a bunch of piranatrons. Piranatrons, sorry. Um, it's pretty good. I like the suited fights, and I like this, the piranatrons. I actually... I mean, we talked about how they look different in the movie. I really like the Piranatron design. Like, they have the full-on head of a, of a like, Piranha, I mean, face-ish thing. They're fully covered in what looks like, like, kind of old-timey diving metal. Like, I don't know. I like them. They're neat. Um, Justin and uh, Tommy show up. Again, Tommy... Jason David Frank really must just have been ready to leave the show because he's just not in these episodes. Um, and yeah, they just show up out of nowhere, kind of. Um, they they yeah, continue well, to fight. So this, this, is, this is kind of a fun fight, and I actually like the dramatic yeah. moment of like, uh, of Catherine's got two fucking piranatrons holding her down. There's three more jumping at her. And just I, I always kind of like a ranger getting a save by teleporting in. Like yeah, it's cool. That's a neat kind of Power Rangers exclusive thing because it's it's a martial arts thing with teleportation, and like you don't really get that with many other franchises. Yeah, it's neat. Um, there is the fight ends very strangely, uh, and I had to rewind it a couple times to figure out what's going on because uh, Justin is like, "Haha, suck it, Protrons." And one rolls over in front of him, and he, like, taunts him. Um, well, he's, he's, like, he's got one of the Piranatrons on all fours and is sitting on his back. Right. So that's what I missed. I didn't realize he was sitting on one, because then when they teleport away, he falls over, which is pretty a pretty good gag. I like that. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, they're like, okay, look for the detonator, which is very funny, because they're literally standing in front of it in the shot where they say to look for it. Like, you can see it in the background, and they're like, we got a lot of ground to cover, Again, and, in a real bomb threat situation, they would be very, very bad at this. <laughs> um, so at this point, uh, uh, Porto comes down with uh, with Visceron and is like, okay, now you need to guard this with your life. Uh, and uh, he says, got it. I'll guard it with my wife. Oh, wait, I'm not married. Great joke, everybody. Good job. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, uh, he's, uh, Porto says he makes this guy, or this guy makes Elgar look like Einstein, and then he teleports out. Um, 
let's uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come right back and finish up the episode. Hey, go listen to Where's Pod When I'm Scared. Uh, Luke and Ashley watch Veggie Tales. They usually have a guest, and it's good. But they didn't give me an ad, so you get this. Okay, bye. Alright, welcome back. Uh, so... Uh, Tanya, uh, folks, I, I I want the listeners at home to know. Come on, and we would we would have just put it in the show, but Zach very quickly deleted it. <laughs> but he started with his whole ass entire intro with "Hey everybody, welcome to Dangers of Attitude." I forgot that we were not <laughs> doing a new episode, and then I deleted it because I didn't want anyone to know my shameful secret. But uh, uh, anyway, that wasn't going to happen. There was no way that wasn't going to happen. Why would you trust us to just let it go? <laughs> I was sorely tempted to just like covertly send Eric the backup and just be I like, mean, you know what you to can, do. You can I mean, still you don't do need that. To covert. You don't need to be covert about it. There's nothing he can do to stop me. <laughs> it's true. Um, so anyway, Cat uh, shows up morphed in the uh, in the radio station uh, to tell Tanya we're looking for it and. Uh, She's like, oh, the, the turbo navigator says it's, uh, over by the tower. Hold on. I got to put on a long song before we go, which is pretty funny. Um, wait. So she- I was commending them for having a device that could detect, uh, bombs. Why is Tanya the only one that has one? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the, the turbo navigator thing, I think they have used it before, but it's not super clear if it's like, is it part, like, can they just pull it out of their costume like they can with the morphers or what? Like, I don't know. Maybe you have to think to bring it with you. I'm not sure. Um, she morphs. They go all go outside and get ready to fight uh, um, uh, Visceron, though they don't know it's Visceron because he looks different. Um, and he's like, I'm going to protect this thing. Ha ha. And he shoots a big... Uh, laser out Porto, of Porto like told eyeball. him to protect it with his life, and then we right. got a gag where he's like, "Oh, sure, I'll protect it with my wife." Wait, I'm not married. And he's like, "No, you." Fu-. Like we get actually a great line from Porto where he's like, "You know what? I'm just glad that this wasn't my idea. I'm out of here." <laughs> I I kind of like Porto. I hate his face. I find his face very upsetting, but I think he's a pretty fun like Finster equivalent. He he seems pretty over it, which I always enjoy in my like. uh my science officer bad guys, I guess. So it's basically do you do you want your disdain for your employers to be like under the surface or out in the open? That's the right. difference between uh, Finster and Porto, right? Um, so uh, they they fight uh, for a while, um, and uh, he shoots this big laser out of his eyeball. Um, Tani gets thrown way up onto the radio tower. And she, like, does a jump kick down at him. He jumps up and hits her. And then they only find the bomb because she gets knocked out of the air right next to the bomb. Otherwise, they weren't going to find it, which is, man, they're bad at this. <laughs> um, it's got 20 seconds left on it. And uh, Visceron tries to take it back. 
This uh, next sequence lasts a whole lot longer than the 25 seconds they oh, have left it on sure the clock. Does. Yeah. Uh, basically, it gets tossed to Tommy, who says there's no time to disarm it. Uh, and then they play keep away with it for a while. Uh, it is a middle. game of extremely hot potato. <laughs> yes. Yeah, totally. Um, and then finally, Visron takes it back. Uh, and then uh, they they stop him and he runs away and then it blows up. Well, they, 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 they aren't able to stop him is the thing. Like, he's like, I right. got it. It's mine. And they're like, yeah. no. And then he explodes. explodes. Well, but also, the explosion is not very big. So, like, I don't think it would have actually taken the radio tower down. <laughs> it just kills the monster, well, essentially. Even if it would have, it was literally only big enough. It would have only been big enough to take out the tower. Like the, the only can't melt steel beams. <laughs> God, the only thing that happens is that Visceron dies, and and like in 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 the footage, because of the way they do the special effect, and I get why you know Power Rangers with its record of pretty reckless special effect stuff, I get why they wouldn't want to actually like put like a dummy or like the actor's suit by the explosion or anything like that, but like th- there's just there's a a boom, and then there's nothing. Like, uh, this scene makes it seem like he disintegrates. Well, but, right, but then we just see the fucking guy. Like, it, Yeah, it, we just see the body the later. Yeah. But, like, and we get a lot of slow-mo shots that we're just going, no! And here's the thing. In this moment, they don't know it's Visron. They think it's just the monster. Why yeah, are they, like, no? for some reason, no! they're freaking out. It's a little weird. Uh, well, when they're running towards where Visron was, you can see that there's still fire on the ground. It looks like they're all about to stomp on him to put the fire out. Yeah, totally. Um, and then, uh, uh, they, 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 it, like, morphs back into Visceron, who uh cat recognizes from the uh the viewing globe equivalent thing um and they're like oh no it was visceron the whole time what have we done and th- that's pretty funny that they freak out about it um we also get fucking uh divatox and crew celebrating that they they did something divatox straight up does Kermit the Frog arms, and it rules. It's very funny. She's so excited. Specific- these, these guys are so happy that they successfully done did a murder. Well, but more specifically, she's excited that Dim- that the Power Rangers killed Demetrius' friend, which is <laughs> A, not what happened, actually, and B, really fucked up. <laughs> she's not it's excited fucked about up, but it. It's fucked up, but it's it's the juxtaposition of like the the fucked up thing that the villain is celebrating and the just utterly silly cornball way they're celebrating it. Like this is one step removed from when like Master Vile decided to host like a dance party. Uh and then the wildest thing in this episode happens that almost literally knocked me out of my seat when I was watching it. For Demetria, this has to be a jagged little pill to swallow. <laughs> yes, because uh she says she says Demetria's friend destroyed her own rangers. Isn't that ironic? And then uh Elgar goes, oh yeah, turns directly to the camera and goes, don't you think, kids? Huh? And then he winks. 
Yes, it's incredible. Elgar breaks the fourth wall. Holy shit. Elgar breaks the fourth wall to make a fucking Lannis Morissette joke that I'm sure all the kids were just like wild about. It's really crazy. I Um, I was a little upset because (laughs) internally I said, don't you think, after she said it was ironic. And then Elgar said my thoughts back to me. <laughs> and that made and me I don't know what concerned. that says about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Between sure. the constant imp- gags about impossible shit on the submarine and like the fucking uh, shit like this, like he's just, he's breaking the fourth wall. I really like Elgar, actually. Yeah, the thing is that I don't like when Elgar talks, because his voice is irritating, but... Well, no, I'm actually going to push back against that a little bit. Okay. Because he literally just has Rito's voice. I'm pretty sure it's the same guy. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, fair enough. Um, The stuff that I like from him is... is they keep doing shit that I kind of can't believe they're doing with him. Like... Well, it's just cartoon stuff. Well, totally, yes, that's true. It's more, it's like all the way cartoony. I am waiting for an episode where they get lost and Elgar says that the submarine must have taken a wrong turn at Albuquerque. Yeah, totally. So here's here's the thing. I think what really helps uh, Divatox and Elgar and Porto and the crew is that in previous seasons, the villains were either completely dependent on the Sentai footage or even when they weren't, they still had like small amounts of footage that they would use over and over again, like they did with Lord Zed. And it was very rare for us to get like a lot of original villain footage or original villain shenanigans. And on the occasion that we did, we got shit like you know the wedding, like we talked about earlier, or uh, Rita and Zed running around on the moon, or fucking Finster doing a barbecue. And like those are the highlights of, of villain stuff, like. Uh, even King Mondo, like he and Prince Gasket, like they didn't get to do a whole lot of like out of the Sentai stuff, but when they did, that shit was great. And I think being a purely American side of the production creation with no connection to anything going on in the Sentai is actually having a major benefit for the villains in this season. Yeah, I I think I agree with that. It, it's they're doing definitely way more original footage, like. I think this is the first season where, like, almost every time... And maybe it'll change, but so far, every time we see the villains is new footage. Like, it's not the same recycle. I mean, it never got as bad as Zed, because, like, at the early Zed stuff, it was literally the same, like, 60 seconds over and over and over again. But the the... Machine Empire was like two or three scenes used over and over again. Like, and this is, it's nice to see them not doing that. Um, There's something I've noticed with them using more original footage, which on one hand, the fight choreography so far has been great. But at least in the last two episodes, and it's something I'm going to start paying attention to. The last two monsters, their special attacks have been shooting lasers out of finger guns. Oh, that's true. And I want to see if, like, that's their shortcut since they don't have the Sentai special effects that, you know, have more care taken with them. It's just, eh, have him point his fingers. I do remember that because, like, when... When the Power Rangers in, in MMPR would use their guns in 
American footage, it would look way more, like, way worse, basically. So this kind of reminds me of that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, totally. I, I, yeah. I will have to keep track of that. But, um, so, like, I guess kind of the point I'm laboriously getting to, because I take too long to make any kind of point, uh, is that, like, I, I think I mentioned before, like, we went into this, I was kind of secretly hoping that we would end up going against the grain and, like, genuinely loving Turbo. And the thing is, so far I am, and maybe the big, like, biggest, most concentrated evidence of that is, like, for a lot of folks, the most hated part of the season is Elgar, and I like him a lot, actually. <laughs> I think what's been interesting for me so far is that, like, it does seem like it's been, like, there's no Zord fight in this episode. There's no Zord stuff at all, uh, which means that it is, uh, like, 80% original stuff. Like, there's very little yeah. Sentai footage, so it has to be more original stuff, which is always pretty fun, mostly because it just gets really weird. So, and it's really weird because, like, based on what people remember Power Rangers for and what people like about Power Rangers like on like on I have some gut feeling that like man there's no giant robot fight in this episode I feel like that's something we should that should be a problem we should be complaining about that but like nah I'm fine I'm good yeah I mean listen uh the the um the Power Rangers, when we do these recaps, like, we do often gloss over the fights. Uh, and, and honestly, I still really like watching the fights. There's just, we've been doing this for four years and there's not that much to talk about unless something, in, like, especially interesting happens. The Zord fights I'm kind of bored with, even watching at this point, to be honest. The, the, that, that car Zord fight was neat when it was uh, the individual Zords, but like the standard Megazord fight, uh, man, we've seen so many and they're very rarely any different. So if you tell me there's an episode without one at all, I'm like, cool, three more minutes for other weird shit to happen. So it doesn't bother me. <laughs> um, anyway, Tommy goes back to the power chamber uh, and he's like, hey, what's wrong with Visron? Uh, and they're like, well, wish we had good no news for you, but I don't think he's going to make it. Um, and seeing that, that really, hearing that really somber news out of fucking Alpha 6 really just, re really just kind of takes the impact out of it, you know? Yeah. Dude, that fucking voice. I mean, I hate to tell you, Slick, I hate to tell you, kid, but, uh, <laughs> but I think your friend's going to die. Um, the, uh, at this point, Tommy is like, we are so, so sorry we done killed your buddy. And Kat basically reiterates, like, we didn't know it was your friend. We're sorry. Um, and Demetria responds with, how could you know? Cool. Um, I mean, yeah, that's fair. How could you have known? And Tommy says, we've never been up against this much power with, like, excuse me? No. <laughs> Demon Talks didn't even do this on purpose. This is what happened. kills. This is the thing that is still bugging me about Turbo, which is that they've gone from intergalactic robot space empire to sea pirate lady, and like they're they're acting like this is the most dangerous threat that they've faced, and it's like I'm guys. totally okay with the de-escalation <laughs> of the threat. I yeah, but it's a problem that the Rangers pretend like it isn't. Right. Um. But what I do like, though, uh, in spite of Demetrius' bullshit, she says 
she basically comes out and says, like, haven't you learned by now the real power of love and friendship? And they're like, what? And then she just waves her hand and suddenly Visceron's okay. So here's the thing. They know the power of friendship. I don't think that they were aware that the power of love and friendship could just resurrect dead people, except for the time it happened in the Power Rangers movie, but that's not canon. So, <laughs> well, it's happened in two Power Rangers movies at this point. You resurrect well, someone true, with love. That's true, but the two non-canon ones. The two non-canon ones. That said, I feel like that sentiment really jives with the whole Power Rangers thing that it they're does, going for. for so, sure. Adam um, says, "Does this mean we can use the power of love and friendship to cure my grandma's cancer?" And Demetria <laughs> says, "Did not I leave the oven on?" And then she just disappears. <laughs> God. Uh, but yeah, so. Um, Visceron is like, oh, hey, what happened? Uh, and Demetra is like, why did you put yourself in peril? And, and then we get the news. He says, your birth records were altered. This is the weird part. Apparently there was some fucking, like, governmental espionage to make Demetria think that she was an only child. And we do eventually find out that Divatox is Demetria's sister, but it's not it's only like sort of explained and there's definitely nothing that's going to be like, you know, the, 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 the intergalactic evil empire, like altered the birth records to confuse yeah. you. Like none of that happens. This is all. Well, this dropped, is, this is part of a proud tradition of power Rangers using thrown off half a sentence to accidentally imply way more shit than they're willing to explore. Right. Because like, it'd be one thing if you just said, Hey, there was a mistake. Or we found new data, or we found your missing birth records, or what have you. But right. like he's no, you're we found that your shit was altered and like you you're not actually you, you have you have a sister. Yeah, they altered the wording on the birth record from is she not a twin to she is not a twin. <laughs> Question mark? Yeah, totally. Yeah, do you think all legal documents on Inquiris also have to be written that way, which makes contract law very confusing? <laughs> Um, oh God, I don't even want to imagine what like <laughs> court procedures look like on Inquirus. Holy fuck! How uh, do you render a judgment? <laughs> you yeah. can't say anything definitively. Good question. Um, so anyway, they just like point to who's guilty. They don't say anything. Um, so uh, yeah, she finds out she has a twin sister, and she's like, "Can it be?" Uh, we cut to Adam. Tanya and Kat. Well, he also specifies a twin sister, so that, yes. that's important. Uh, Adam, Tanya, and Kat uh, walking around in their in their civilian clothes again, uh, and they're like, "Wow, crazy! Demetria has a twin sister, and she didn't know." We're very affected by this because we're good friends with Demetria, and she's been around a long time. Uh, <laughs> and um, Adam even says, "Like, well, if there's one thing that." Uh, Demetria's good at it's asking questions, so I'm sure she'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you could you can you can feel the sass in that statement. Like he doesn't deliver it with much, but you can feel it boiling underneath. And it's uh, like it, cuz like Adam's doing the kind of sad boy thing. He's like twiddling his thumbs and he's looking at the ground. He's kind of mumbling as he said is like, "Well, I mean, she's she's real good at asking questions, so I'm sure I'm sure she'll figure it out." Yeah. Like like there's a lot of the and I know we tend to overread into things, but you can read a lot into the the body language of the fact that like the three of them walking together are doing that thing where like Tanya and Catherine are kind of at the front next to each other and Adam's like 
between them, but also, like, lagging behind them a bit. Like, he's just kind of along for the ride. He's third wheel, and he knows it. Yeah. Um, now, this this is another part that I love, because uh, I... I I just love in Power Rangers when your your plot situationally competent main characters just do some real dumb shit, and this is, fits that because Cat uh, compliments Tanya on thinking on her quick thinking on uh, contacting them through the radio station. To which Tanya goes, "Oh my god, I forgot I'm supposed to be at my job right now." <laughs> Which is incredible. That I mean, she I just... love that. I, I I totally buy into Tanya being a competent person, but being distracted by all the horseshit that just Robot happened. fights, sure. It's just, like, that's a pretty big thing to whoops, but okay, fair enough. <laughs> but as it turns out, Bulk and Skull took over the radio booth while she was gone and just started making noises. And yeah. uh, we actually we actually cut back to uh to the gym and juice bar and we see uh Jerome being all like, I know those voices. Yeah, huh. that's a weird thing to say. Yeah, which chimps do you think that could be? Do you think it might be different chimps? I think um, he it's supposed to be him like always on the verge of figuring out its bulk and skull, but never quite getting there. Yeah, maybe that's what they're going for, but also like, yeah, what other monkeys do you know? But I do love that Bulk just says, Help us, we have been turned into monkeys. And then yeah, you cut over to uh Jerome and it just sounds like champ yeah. champ noises. I like um, how Skull's always just kind of he doesn't really give a shit about whatever Bulk's trying to do. Yeah. It's just like, well, this isn't working. That's not surprising, but you know what? At least we're having a good time. Skull seems to not be concerned at all that he's a monkey. Like, that doesn't seem to bother him in the slightest. Which yeah, that's, that's been is, a pretty I mean, pretty really cons- what's changed. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Fair point. Um, Honestly, he might be happier this way. <laughs> <laughs> now it's okay for him to go up and smell girl's hair. Yeah, true. Oh, God, I forgot he did that. Uh, then we, uh, so this is, listen, Power Rangers is so, like, uh, blandly shot that when, uh, you know, we give it a lot of credit for when they do simple camera moves, but God, I have to give them credit for this. We are looking at the, the monkeys from behind, like, down. And then it slowly pans up and you see out the window into the rest of the studio. And Adam, Tanya, and Kat are staring at these monkeys. Adam specifically is like fucking shocked at these monkeys. And it's really funny. It's a good shot. It's a shot. really good bit of physical comedy. But Kat and Tanya go inside and Adam is still like dumbstruck for a little, a, a little bit until he, they run in and they're like, oh my, and Tanya is like, oh my God, they're on air right now. <laughs> Holy shit. And uh, so, but Tanya gets a phone call and it's apparently from her boss and she thinks like she's doomed, but like, cause it's a kid's show, things have to work out. And the boss just says, hey, this crazy stunt you done did where you just put some chimp noises on. That's real great. No, 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 know? no. Hold on. Not chimp noises. He thinks that she... Well, it, he's right. But he automatically just assumes she got real chimpanzees into the recording booth to make chimp noises. Not that she just, like, played, you know, a soundboard. <laughs> um, 
And and yeah, she she basically he's like, it was the best idea ever. You're promoted, double promoted. God, it's the best. And it's just it's yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's how it goes. Um yeah, ba, 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 da, ba, ba, and that's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> and then like Tanya comes down and is like, I owe you monkeys. Great work. And uh, the monkey, like, puts its hand on her face, and I'm like, boy, I hope that they had really good animal trainers, because <laughs> I know they're kind of unsafe a lot of the time, and... Oh, no, like, every scene with the chimpanzees, I just keep thinking about that one woman who kept one as a pet, and it ate her yeah, face. Yeah, it makes me really... That's the thing, is, like, we always knew that they were, like, fairly... uh you know, they're wild animals, but like in this era, again, they were so ubiquitous on TV that I think I was like, oh, chimps are just like fun. And then when I found that out, it recontextualized every old TV show where where there's just a monkey around for me. And and yeah, so anyway, uh, that's I mean, the episode. I think it's something I had heard where it's like they're very trainable, but at a certain age, they get to a point where they just kind of regress and will not hesitate to fuck you up. Oh, okay. That that kind of makes sense, like, as they get older. Um, so, anyway, uh, that is the episode. I mean, it's true of humans, too, so. That's true. We do, do become huge assholes later on in life. Uh, but that's the episode. Um, you know, it's fun. We're still getting into Turbo. Like, like Mike said, I'm pretty much enjoying it so far. Uh... I, I have noted in the um, synopsis of the next 10 episodes that it does seem that what happens is there's a bomb and then they have to defuse it. And then that's kind of how we're going to do for a while. But that could be fine. We'll see. I mean, I, so the furthest I've gone is next episode. And I know there's a bomb. So. Yeah. Um, but eh, that might not be that big of a deal. We'll see how it goes. Um I don't know. I, yeah. Like I said, I kind of, I kind of love it. How like straightforward that is about the fact that like Divatox has one idea, and by God, she's gonna just keep using it. <laughs> I mean, I like Divatox. Uh, I so far Elgar is not bothering me. He's been pretty funny. I like all the dumb sub jokes, uh, and yeah, I'm having a good time. So I hope it keeps up. Uh. I don't have any questions this week, but if you have some, uh, you should send them in to us at Teens with Tude on Twitter, Teenagers with Attitude on Facebook, or Teens with Tude at gmail.com. Um, just send those in. We've, uh, we haven't done any in a little bit, so, so shoot us some and we'll, we'll try to do a, another question segment. Um, I got can- a quick one for you. Okay. What, uh, or who is your favorite fictional uh, radio host, DJ, radio personality. Um, I like DJ Atomica from uh the uh Not Need for Speed. What's that uh fucking car racing? <sighs> There's the car racing series that everyone likes, where you ruck into cars real good. Uh, burnout, burnout, burnout yeah. paradise. Yeah, he's really fun. I like him. Um, oh, I like Handsome Dan from Wayne's World too. Oh yeah, that's a good one too. I was trying to think of some more. That's the one that came to my mind immediately. Probably the biggest one would be Frasier. 
Oh, I guess that counts. I don't really think of him as a radio personality because you see him. Like, I'm, I was trying to think of people you only ever hear over the radio in movies and stuff. Uh, uh, Charlie from Charlie's Angels? I guess that sort of counts, yeah. <laughs> you got one, Mike? Um, so, uh, God. News radio, in Cincinnati. It might be... It, it's a toss-up between either the main villain taking over the radio in Saints Row 4. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Or uh, So there's a weird old uh, Tony Danzi, Danza movie called uh, She's Out of Control. And uh, in that, um, Wallace Shawn, I, I hope Ooh. I'm getting his name right. Uh, yeah. He, yeah, he plays, uh, he plays like a radio host, like therapist. And like, the whole crux of that movie is that the the Tony Danza's character keeps getting like really awful advice about what to do with his teenage daughter from this radio host, and it ultimately culminates in him just like storming the radio station and fucking throwing Wallace Shawn out a window. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's not a good movie. I don't actually recommend it, but like, yeah. Uh, I like Airheads. You seen Airheads? Yeah, that's a good one. Airheads is a good movie. Did you have Comedy Central in the early 2000s? You probably saw Airheads. You've probably seen Airheads. And PCU, a bunch. I love, the thing I love about Airheads is that it's three members of a, like, rock band, and it's Brendan Fraser, Adam Sandler, and then Steve Buscemi, who, for some reason, doesn't fit in that trio at all in my head. (laughs) But, you know, whatever, it works. It's pretty fun. Um. Yeah, I don't know. There's a there's a fair number, but I think I'm still gonna stick with DJ Atomica. That that uh, like when you're doing a uh an open world video game, a good like radio host as a uh is pretty fun. There's also Three Dog in um uh the Fallout games. He's pretty good too. Um, yeah. There you go. I just like going into the handsome Dan. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Work is hard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I do like that gag where like uh, they 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 meet him and he's like, "Wow, I I I forget how exactly it works, but like they're mistaken about who's the actual like DJ because it's two yeah, guys they and they think see like handsome the- Dan is going to be handsome. Yeah. <laughs> And then they see the this this like really little dude go back into the into the station, and they go wow, because like they because like you would assume that that scream noise was just like like a stock sound effect they had, but no, they just get a dude to do it every time. Apparently, yeah, Mister Scream. Oh, I suddenly can't remember the name of the actor, but uh, his notable roles were on Married with Children and as Stan Grable in Revenge of the Nerds. Perfect. And nice. then Harry Shearer is known from The Simpsons and a lot of... Oh, yeah. Uh, ah, shit, I lost his name. Uh, a Mighty Wind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. Hey, cool. did, any, did any of y'all listen to, like, morning radio zoo shit when you were growing up? Like, stuff that was definitely not meant for kids to hear, but you uh, were doing it anyway? Not really. My I took the bus... And then, like, by the time I was carpooling with friends in high school, we were burning CDs. So, like, 
I never really listened to the radio in the morning. I listened to the radio in the afternoon, like when my parents were driving, but yeah, not really. So I, I picked up my early radio habits uh, from my dad, and he was always listening to the classic rock station in St. Louis, uh, KC95, which is still around and is apparently one of the longest-running radio stations in the country. And, like, uh, they had the morning shows, like, it's called, like, Bob and Tom or something. I don't know if that's still yeah, on the air. Yeah, that's a national one. Yeah, that's a national one. But, like, because I was listening to that station, it, it sort of rolled and it listened to the morning show. And boy, howdy, I distinctly remember a lot of, like, songs that I thought was utterly hilarious at the time. And going back, it's like, oh, no. Mm. Mm. Like, I mean, listen, uh, uh, morning radio DJ uh, culture has been missed by, like, like PC-ness never got there (laughs) for some reason. It's still pretty filthy. Um, but yeah, still got sure. the same Clinton jokes. Yep, pretty much. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I, I think like Stern went to to satellite, but other than that, I don't think anything really changed. No. Um, but yeah, so there you go. I, uh, I wonder though, how many people are still like in all absolute honesty? How many people are like turning on morning radio at this point, where everybody's got an MP3 player in their phone? You know, I shit like that. Would imagine it's like the audience has to be like 50 and 60 year olds right like even even people in their 40s I mean 40s, that might be why it hasn't changed right yeah uh i don't know i don't know i i'm i mean radio is not doing super well i know that but i don't know how bad that that stuff has gotten so i couldn't tell you hmm. um you know anyway. i was actually about to ask eric how this subject came up because i genuinely forgot that was what the episode of power rangers was about I was be like, about to be like, Eric, why the fuck are you bringing up morning radio DJs? <laughs> I completely lost track of where that's we started. That's what we were talking about. Uh, but yeah, so that's going to do it for, for the show this week. Uh, let's see, Mike, do you have anything you would like to plug? Uh, just at Mike Loves Rabbit on Twitter. There you go. Eric, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, not really. Got a few more episodes before the next Grand Sumo Tournament. Cool. That last one was pretty cool. The ending was awesome. Um, but yeah, so uh, t- tune in next week, and we're going to keep talking about Power Rangers Turbo. Uh, until well, unless next week is Sonic. Unle- right, unless we do Sonic next week, which uh, which we, we're trying to wrangle. Uh, if we don't... Turbo, Sonic, Tomato, Tomato. Right. If we don't get to do a full Sonic episode, I promise we will talk about it. A bunch of people have been asking. Um, I... Real quick, I guess I will drop the one thing that I have to say before I forget because it's crazy. Uh, I watched Birds of Prey and Sonic the Hedgehog in the same day because uh, I was bored. And uh, the thing I did not expect to be connective tissue between those two things is they both have prominent product placement for Olive Garden, which is really weird. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised Olive Garden hasn't reached out to Fast and Furious. Oh, I mean, that's yeah. a movie all about family. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, we talked about how the Sonic movie didn't advertise with Sonics or did anything with Chili the Dogs. The fact that they didn't do anything with Sonics fucking kills me. Hell, it, it's not even just that. It's that, like, it would have been fine if they went with, a, like, let's say they, the, they couldn't get the deal with Sonics. They wanted a bigger chain. Okay, whatever. At least, like, do, don't do mini tacos. Do onion rings. Yeah. You know, do fucking is- rings. Is did the movie 
decide not to do one with Sonic? Or did Sonic say, <laughs> yeah, we don't want to be attached to this nightmare? <laughs> that's a good question. Oh, yeah, that's God. the thing. Jack in the Box will take anybody. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. That's going to do it for us this week. For Teenagers with Attitude, I've been Zach. I've been Mike. I've been Eric. And may the power protect you always. Always.